Welcome to Femboldened, a podcast where inspiration meets aligned action, where science meets spirit, and where you've landed to enliven the bold within you. I'm your host, Angelica Pascone, women's empowerment coach, specializing in helping heart-centered, high achievers like you shatter their personal and professional self-built glass ceilings. Get ready to awaken to your truest potential as we dive deep into the emboldened stories, wisdom, and medicine of our fellow sisters to energize you into living your bold. The question is, are you ready? Let's get started. Emboldened. Welcome, Femboldeners. I am so excited for this episode today with Megan Kramer because something really divine is about to happen. I'm getting chills again, as I do often when I'm in the energetic space of someone who is just so soul aligned and and open, open, I want to say open book, but open energy. So I'm so excited to introduce Megan. She is the founder of Collective Reflections. She's an energy alignment coach, Reiki practitioner, and Ayurvedic doula which is fancy. She lives on Long Island in New York with her baby girl and fiance. Her mission of devotion is to activate women to reclaim their identity and confidently live their purpose by breaking through limitations. She holds the space to help women connect with their womb and heart wisdom to create a space of pleasure and liberation. She is a loving mother who has empowered mothers and women through energetic mastery and feminine embodiment. Welcome, Megan. How are you today? Thank you so, so much for having me here. I'm so, so grateful to be in this space with you. And I'm doing great today uh, in my bio. Didn't add in that I am expecting baby number two. So Mm -hmm. we've been blowing with like, you know, life and creation in all forms. Mm -hmm. So life has been really, really productive and great in all ways, physically, spiritually, mentally, energetically. So I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Yes. Remind me when you're due again. November. November. Oh, that's right. Right. Because I, as he's a November baby too, and they're just simply the best. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. How amazing. So I always like to dig a little deeper and kind of cut through the surface and ask what's alive for you today in this moment? Yes. um, Life, like the breath, energy, motherhood, um, all of these things are so alive to me. And I have been feeling extremely expansive today. I had a couple of clients this morning that um, seem to be in the same energetic theme, um, which often they do. Um, but it's just been like all about expansion and moving through blockages and, you know, really opening up the heart space has been huge today. And it just makes me feel alive every time I witness that. And it helps me engage more deeply, um, not only with my clients, but with my family and with my friends, with my loved ones, like in my life in general, it allows me to connect more deeply to nature and open up my heart space to nature and the reflections around me. So, um, yeah, it's, everything's alive. Everything's alive. Everything's moving. Everything's energetically happening and it just feels really good. So yeah. So beautiful. I'm so happy to be catching you in this space. For those listeners who maybe are unfamiliar with the languaging, mm-hmm. what is 
what is opening up your heart space? What does that look like? What does it mean? And why would you want to do it? Awesome. Yes. So opening up the heart space, the heart chakra or the heart energetic center is the center of the body. And this center has a lot to do with compassion and connection, um, love, unconditional love, grief. Um, And this center really, when we tap into opening it up through energetic work, um, which everything is energy. I know some people don't understand when we say energetic work, everything around us is energy. We are made through energy. We are made through creation and everything else that is made through creation is vibrating at a specific level. And that's what we call energy. It's not something that can be seen um, by everyone, or it can be if you tap into it really, but it's not seen to the human eye typically on a normal basis. And um, energy is something that when we tune into it, it could be felt really deeply. And that's what I really do in my work is feeling energy. So by opening up the heart space, it's really about like diving deep into connection, interconnection within the self and connection outside of the self as well, which is just a reflection. Really, when we connect deeper to ourselves and understand our energetics, our whole life reflects off of that energy. Um, you know, we have like the law of attraction and we have, you know, law of polarity and we have all these energetic universal laws, but really it all stems from just the internal work that we do. And opening up the heart space really just looks like being present being present and dropping into the present moment and understanding the beauty around you and feeling it really embodying the actual moment that we're in. And that's what's so beautiful about opening up the heart. And a lot of my work has to do with opening up the heart as well as the womb. And the womb is a space of creation. Um, As a woman, we know as mamas, we know, but even, you know, women who aren't mamas, you know, they still have the ability to create in the same energetic ways that we do um, as mamas, right? Like this is the center of creation and creativity. And uh, again, polarity as that word keeps coming through. Um, But yeah, so opening up the heart and just dropping into the body is really staying present and just really connecting with yourself in the present moment. Thank you for keeping that so simple. I, I love the simplicity in which you shared what it means to open up your heart center. Cause I feel like I know I do this often too, or, and it's something I've been moving out of, but as somebody who previously identified as a type a personality, parts of that shine through, even as I have entered, I guess, spiritual life, quote unquote, like after I had my spiritual awakening. And I think like, I, I still catch myself thinking healing and doing quote unquote, the work, is like a step-by-step process and that it has to look a certain way for it to be a certain way. And that's definitely not the case. And, and often it's really keeping things simple and aligning back into, as you said, the moment, the present, the right now, what are your favorite practices for recentering and staying in the present moment? Yes. Um, First off, I just want to comment on Um, the type A and really feeling that structure that we feel like we need to go in a specific structure and it has to be a specific way in order for Mm -hmm. it to be considered a spiritual awakening or considered, uh, you know, something that you're looking to experience. And I think that it's important to say that everyone's journey is uniquely different 
in so many ways. And we are come, we come to earth for specific reasons and all of them are different, even though I do believe that we are so collectively connected in so many ways. There are different little missions that and lessons that we came here to learn and that we came here to experience and to help others as well. And that's really the key, right? Like we help others through their experiences, through empathy, really. And I think that it's important to just, you know, say that because a lot of times, like we do think it's a specific way. And a lot of times when we think of spirituality or when other people think of spirituality, they think, oh, like yoga, breath work and like energy, right? Like these are all like woo woo things that people think of, which, you know, they're really not woo woo when you break them down, but sometimes they get a woo woo type of rep, um, in that spiritual sense. So we want to kind of take the woo woo out of it a little bit to normalize it because these practices are so powerful in utilizing them in the correct way. And they don't have to be woo woo. And I mean, like, sure, you want to hop into Kundalini yoga, like, which I absolutely adore. But if you want to hop into Kundalini yoga and, you know, use your Kriyas every day, like, go for it. But if you feel like that's a little too woo woo for you to start out with, like, simply connect with the breath, stay in the present, go for a walk in nature. All of these things connect us deeper to ourselves. So um, some of my practices, some are in that woo-woo realm that people could say, but, um, you know, most are really simple, especially as a mama, like, mm-hmm. you know, I've tried, you know, again, that structure I've tried, like being like, oh my God, I have to have the same ritual every day. And like, I tried that and it doesn't work, especially mm-hmm. as a mother, um, you know, and maybe before motherhood, I could, you know, commit to that. But even on the days that didn't feel right, I would still commit to it, which I've you know, my perspective and evolution has taken on different perspective now. Mm. So really just being present has been my key practice and how I become present. If I'm feeling off is simply connection to the breath. I think breath work is powerful, but breath work doesn't have to be 10 minutes long where we're sitting in a specific position and focusing on the breath or meditating or anything like that. It could literally simply be closing your eyes and breathing, or even simply bringing awareness to the breath for about a second, that instantly can bring you back to the positive, um, to the present moment. Mm. Uh, Another one of my greatest practices is because I'm a Reiki practitioner. I love energy work. Mm I uh, adore it. It has ultimately changed the course of my life in so many ways. So energy work is really one of my go-to practices, whether it's energy work on me, which I always want to make sure I'm aligned prior to, Mm. you know, using energy work on a client. But a lot of times working on clients also help me. And it's the same with my coaching container. Like my coaching container, a lot of it is about energy alignment and creating and birthing businesses and babies and just new creations into the world that are conscious and soulful. And I do notice that as I work with more clients and, you know, my clients are all reflections of me. So it is a a give and receive uh, within each interaction that I have with every client, whether it's Reiki or coaching. Um, So really diving deep into those things have helped me stay aligned and remember my purpose and remember my my life's why, which is so important to know your life's why and to, and if you don't like, it's okay, but it's important to do the work to get there. Right. And to kind of understand that is so crucial to your expansion and to your evolution on earth and understand why you're here. Like, 
you know, and uh, like all the time, I mean, it's, it's evolving. Like I said, like we evolve constantly in every moment we are growing, we are expanding, like we're shrinking. We're doing the shadow work. Like this isn't all just fully light either. Like, you know, a lot of my practices have to do with shadow work too, because we need to dive into where those energetic blockages where those limitations the repressed emotion is in our body Mm -hmm. and really understand how to transcend that and let go of it and release it and kind of rewire ourselves in that way Mm, so important I'm loving every word that you said and that you're saying it's so great (laughs) (laughs) there's so much confidence in your words too and you're like yeah of course it's like this Simply put, you know, hit the subjects. Um, you know, going back to what you had said a, f- a few moments ago, and as it relates to your recent share, some as a as a new mother, I've been finding, yeah, I've been, I I oh gosh, I haven't meditated in the same sense of the word since as he's been born, maybe once, mm-hmm. but knowing that I am the creator of my reality and that my womb is like immensely activated since I'm within this postpartum period now, like seriously, I've posted notes everywhere. <laughs> uh, thanks to our friend, mutual friend, Kelsey, who gave me that idea just to put post notes <laughs> everywhere. Um, it, what I've come to realize is one forgiving myself that yes, as, as he is the most important thing right now, he's my priority. And that meditation and, and returning to the moment doesn't have to look like what it ha- what it did previously. So I've been having fun with, um, I guess, spell casting. You would mm-hmm. you would say and an intention setting, and I've set the intention that when I'm with him and when I'm rocking him to sleep, then that's my meditative. That's like my open portal to communicate with with spirit. And it's really amazing to see like what comes out. It's almost like I want to rush him in, into nap time because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a great idea. And I can feel the energy of of what's coming through. And I know it's, it's aligned in that moment. Um, but ha- having, you know, I, so I just wanted to reflect that after your share, but also for the listeners who think, well, things need to look a certain way. My favorite offer to my clients is to say it takes 17 seconds, 17 mm-hmm. seconds of presence to define the rest of your day, the rest mm-hmm. of your moment, what have you. It, sometimes that 17 seconds leads to 20 minutes. Sometimes it's just 17 seconds. You can do it while you brush your teeth, while you're making your coffee. Like 17 seconds. And and it, gosh, what a relief to, to not put that structure yeah. on something that's supposed to be open. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's like safe to say like a lot of, you know, structure is a masculine type of energy. It's in our masculine energy and uh, safe structure is something that is needed for life. Like we do need some type of structure. We cannot be just flowing all the time or else we won't feel as grounded and masculine energy really grounds us down with some form of structure, but knowing that your structure can be created in whatever way you want to create it rather than Mm -hmm. it has like this, because it should be like this, like taking out the shoulds completely and dropping into the desire. What will bring you pleasure in this moment to stay present and to ground you and to have safe structure. Like you have a choice to do that. Mm. You have a choice to create 
that in every single moment and you can create life to be that way in every single moment. And I think that that's what it comes down to when we want to talk about structure, because like society puts it on a specific way, Mm -hmm. right? Like it should be like this and this is what's normal and this is the way it's supposed to go. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have always been someone who was rebellious against structure, who was rebellious against society. If society said it had to be A, B, C, I was doing Z, H, I. Like, (laughs) I did not care. Like, no way. I am not doing it the same way, you know? And it's just how I'm built. It's my structure. It's how I feel good and how I thrive. And when I try to be cookie cutter and do it a specific way, I don't see the results that I want to see, Mm. not only in my business, but in my life, Mm. in my family, I don't see energetically how anything becomes alive and is aligned to me. Mm -hmm. It's really about creating a safe structure for you to feel good in. And that's the priority is feeling good and bringing pleasure to your life, regardless of what you were doing, bringing pleasure to every moment. And again, pleasure is a feminine. So like, it's really about balancing the masculine, Mm. the feminine and having that safe structure, but also having to be pleasure. Mm. Beautifully said. Yeah. And this is something that I've just recently have realized. And I've been playing around with this idea that my life's work and the work I do with my clients is really this unlearning of the structures and the the structural systems that don't work for me, that don't work for them and, and redefining that structure and setting up new rules. And it's something I've played around with in my own business. I, and I don't know if I've shared this before on my other episodes, but I recently wrote up a job description for my business with all the rules that I felt safe around mm-hmm. things like my clients always find me. I don't have to go look for them. I even put down that my money tree was a direct representation of my bank account. So now whenever I see the money tree, I'm like, oh, awesome. The bank account's flourishing <laughs> because it's a rule. I wrote it down. I created my own structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to dive into that because it's something that I've been playing around with and it's, and it's fun. It's so fun. And whenever I catch myself in, in worry, I'm like, wait a second. No, actually this is the way my business operates. So I don't have to worry about that looking that way. Or I don't have to worry that today was an off day. My business still thrives even when, when emotions come up and and unexpected things. So absolutely a hundred percent. So I'm shifting gears a little bit here. Um, I had, I had seen, your recent post today about past Megan and you kind of alluded to, I shouldn't say kind of, you alluded to the fact that you were a rebel at one point in your life. I'm yes. curious to know if you'd like to dive a little deeper in that and, and perhaps share who you were and who you are now. And I guess the journey in between the two versions of yourself. Absolutely. Um, so Yeah. When I was young, I always was this rebel type of personality. I'm not sure if you know what human design is, but I'm a manifester in human design. And once I learned that, a lot of my past had clicked into gear on why I was specific ways or why I was so rebellious and why I didn't want to be controlled. And the second that someone tried to put chains on me, I was making sure that I was breaking through them, no matter how strong they were. Mm -hmm. And 
So when I was young, I was always rebellious. Um, at the age of, you know, I was in sixth grade when I started drinking alcohol. I mean, like I was just rebellious. Like if someone told me not to do something or I knew it was wrong to do, I knew it was bad to do. I was doing it. Um, and then, you know, from there kind of spiraled from, you know, alcohol as I got older, it just kept expanding. And I was always a good student in school. I was always showing up to school. So, you know, from the outside, it looked good. I had this incredible life at home. I mean, my family was so, so incredible. Like the, you know, the white picket fence, like literally everything you could imagine. Uh, I had it. My parents did a lot for us growing up um, and always sure we had always made sure we had food on our plate. That was an oversupply mm-hmm. really. And so I knew I was provided for in all ways, um, but there was still something missing within myself. And in order to mask that, I started abusing substance um, and kind of got lost in that. And I was started spiraling down, um, went from like opiate usage to, uh, you know, to any type of upper, any type mm-hmm. of, you know, drug that would enhance my being, or so I thought it was enhancing me in the moment, uh, but really it was diminishing and kind of allowing me to commit some type of spiritual suicide in the moment mm. as I was masking. You know, I became a master of deception. I became a master manipulator. Um, you know, addiction tends to do that. And, you know, I spiraled down until, you know, one day I literally said no. Mm. Like, and it was one specific day. Um, that I could literally remember detail by detail that I literally had to say no to myself because I knew that if I made that decision in the moment to say yes, I wouldn't have, have had a life anymore. It would have been too deep to, to get out on my own. So instead of saying yes, I knew I had a conscious shift and I was like, oh no, I'm done. I'm out of here. Um, I shifted all gears, shifted all my friends. Um, really, you know, had withdrew by myself in my room, um, you know, because I didn't want to seek outside help. You know, my parents weren't really aware of what I was actually doing. Um, none of my close, close friends that weren't doing it with me knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. It was all like this hidden secret about me behind closed doors. And again, I had to make that decision to say no. And the second I made that decision to say no, I took some of my power back and the healing process was dark, like shadow on shadow on shadow. Like addiction is no joke. Substance abuse is no joke. Like it is not something to be taken lightly. It is a really, uh, you know, I always say like, it's one of the darkest things someone can go through and that's because I've experienced it. And that doesn't take away from any darkness that anyone's been through because we all go through darkness and we all face it differently and cope with it differently. And, you know, I believe we sign up for it before we can come here as a soul. I believe that we say, you know what, I need this lesson. I need to go through this so I can help people. I need to do this because of this. And I think that we kind of have a little bit of a blueprint prior to even coming here. And so you know, I had to remind myself that I chose this and that I can get through anything that I make the conscious choice of getting through. And from there, um, I got involved in a network marketing company, actually. And that was something that really shifted my reality in so many ways because my mind started to open. And mm-hmm. once my mind started to open, I started learning about the law of attraction. And then like all these things started making sense. And I was like, oh my God. And it was like that aha moment 
that everything's shifting. And I was like, oh my God, like everything makes sense. I understand it now. Right. Like, and I don't know, like if everyone experiences this during their spiritual awakening, but like, (laughs) it was like, oh my God, like this is amazing. Everyone needs to know about this. Like (laughs) everyone needs to know about energy and how we can control it. And, you know, and again, it went to that. And then like, I was on this master high just from life. And I realized that I can hit those feelings that I was utilizing, you know, psychedelics and uppers for and releasing dopamine out of my brain. Like I would, I could hit that without any substance mm-hmm. because I started seeing the beauty around me and I started having that conscious shift of life. And that was like a major shift. So the network marketing company, I give so much credit to it. Like I don't do it anymore, but I adore this company just for changing my life in the way that it did. And, you know, from there again, like I was on that high. So, you know, you come spiraling down at some point and you have to realize and face your own shit. So I had to start, I don't know who else person here. I had to start, <laughs> I had to start facing myself and I had to start looking in the mirror and being like, whoa, like, who am I? Like, what am I here to do? Like, you know, where is that shadow? Where is that? you know, the energetic blockage, where is the repressed emotion that I've been masking, right? Because it all came from me masking something that I desired more. Mm -hmm. And once I started understanding why I was masking and the actions that I was taking were all a way to deceive, not only other people, but it was master deception to me. I was deceiving myself from my spirit guides, from my soul journey, from the truth that I really knew to be the truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, from that societal structure, I, you know, I broke free of it. I broke free because I said, you know what? I am not going to do things that don't feel good to my soul anymore. And I will only do things that fulfill me in a way that brings pleasure to my life Mm -hmm. and that helps me thrive and rise. And if that was shadow work and diving deep into the mud, that's what I was doing. And if that was energy work and helping my clients, then that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. If that was sitting in my bed and crying, that's what I was doing. If that was dancing and moving the energy around and getting my body moving, That's what I was doing. I was literally listening in every moment to what I needed and following that calling in every single moment. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. What a profound journey. Mm. Thank you. It's, it's, you know, it's so beautifully put too, because Yes, there there are moments of darkness, and and I shouldn't even put that lightly. There are moments of darkness, and they seem as though you will never get out. And I frequent those dark places often. So I under I, I to an extent, of course, I don't have the same journey. None of us do, but I think we can all appreciate those dark moments and the fear that they aren't going to end. Um, but they do end and I appreciate your, your comic relief <laughs> too, because I can, you know, I, I didn't have, I, I mean, I wouldn't say I had 
substance abuse, certainly I used alcohol, especially in social settings, because I didn't recognize myself as an empath at the time. And that was one way to, to numb out all the communication I was receiving in a way that nobody else could understand. Um, but I can relate to the, so the spiritual awakening being something you want to share with everyone. <laughs> I like, I was tasting music and talking to the trees and I'm like, guys, like, just try it. <laughs> and it, it was, it, I, I remember thinking, you know, I've, I've other than alcohol, I've never done any drugs, but now I, I can understand why people do like, this yeah. is, this is beautiful. This is amazing. I feel so good, but as always, then the shadow comes out, right? And, and, the, and layers upon layers and upon layers, you know, we're, we're as you said, I, I completely agree. We're in this lifetime to learn certain lessons. And we set out making the choice, coming down here, setting out the, the blueprint, as you say, to make the choices that we make and to experience the experiences that we have and, and really learn from them. So it's, we're, the work is never done. Right. It's and which is perfect for the type A personality because there's always something to work on. <laughs> it's like increasing your weights at the gym. Um, so I again I can't thank you enough for for your openness and your share. It's it's quite beautiful. And it's it um I feel as though a lot of individuals I know within the spiritual community itself, and I know that's an overgeneralization, um, really actually do come from a history of substance abuse in the past. And I don't know, I'm curious to know your thoughts on that. I certainly have my own, my own ideas. Um, but yeah, I wanted to open up the, the floor yeah. or the mic to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I do uh, have a very, uh, I guess you guys like strong opinion on it. I do believe that a lot of people who utilize addiction or uh, substance abuse at one point in their life, when they have that switch, um, they need something to get them out. And uh, they need something to hold on to, right? And whether that's in themselves or outside of themselves, that's why a lot of people with addiction end up um, doing a, a specific program that kind of connects them to God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or in a religious way, it connects them to some type of religion that helps them hold on to something. Uh, for me, it was really holding on to myself because I believe that we have the power within us and we have a God within us that's living within us as we are an extension of that. And so I truly believe that a lot of people that experience addiction or experience substance abuse find that God within them through their healing. And, you know, like I said, it, it's a, it's a dark journey. Like it's not easy by any means. And, you know, through that darkness, like if you can't find some form of light, like it spirals, you know, your darkness will spiral. And, you know, um, you know, a lot of people end up leaving the earth from that. Uh, but I think people who find that little bit of light, that little bit of hope it, within themselves, really, like, that's when it's like, oh, okay. And they connect to that spiritual essence. Like I said, whether it's within themselves or without, I, for me, it was within. Um, and, you know, everyone has their journey. Everyone's journey is different. But that's why I think that a lot of people turn to spirituality you know, after substance abuse and addiction. I think that's why a lot of people turn to spirituality after trauma, after sexual trauma, after a lot of childhood trauma, you know, like when we face our darkness and we don't have a choice, but to face it, we have to find some form of light. And that's what keeps us going. And, you know, if it can't be repressed forever 
especially in this day and age, like we're going through a huge transition right now, like where it's literally like face your shit, like face it. It's here. It wants to be released. It wants to be transcended. It wants you to step into this new evolved self, this higher self, this higher purpose, you know, and it wants you to share it with people because when you share it with other people, the vulnerability rule comes into play. And I love the vulnerability rule because being vulnerable was always looked at as a weakness, you know, in our parents, younger years, or however you want to look at it, in the older generations, it was always looked at as, as a weakness. Mm-hmm. And now vulnerability is something that helps the evolution of the collective. Because when we share our vulnerable stories, other people feel more open to share theirs because they know they're not alone. And they know that they're experiencing something that you've been through and you can relate Right. And we all want to be accepted, love, appreciated, and related to. Like those are things that we all desire as a human. There is no if, ends, or buts about that. So when we get to share our vulnerable stories, I mean, inboxes are flooded. Like and I I use social media as a platform to share mm-hmm. and you know, podcasts as a platform to share and you know, other ways. There's so many different ways to share. But even on social media, like I had a miscarriage in October and uh after sharing that, I couldn't believe how many people flooded my inbox saying I've experienced this too. And people I know very well. And I'm like, whoa, what? Like I had no idea, you know, because if you don't share it, people don't know it, but some people don't feel the need to share it because of that shame or that guilt, or, you know, some people just feel very more private, I guess you can say. Um, and I don't know, what to say about it because some people that's just how they feel but it's incredible how many people open up once you do and once you become public about something or share something with the world they feel it's safe to share it with you mm-hmm. and i guess you could say not even public like a lot of women's circles i have a new program that's about to launch in june called embodied energetics and i've been in group programs before where it's a sacred space where you know people are inclined to open up. They desire to open up. That's why they're stepping into the space. They want to relate to people. They want to connect. They want to build community, right? And they want to heal. And like, we all want to take that power back and be the facilitator of, you know, of our healing. And that's really what the program does. But like, I'm in programs in general, like are incredible. Like if you have not done a program, I highly recommend everyone listening to this, get yourself in a nice program, whether it's women-based, if you're a woman and that's something you desire is women connection, feminine connection, whether you want to connect with males and females, whether you want energetic work, whether you want sexuality work, no matter what you want, like step into a group program and investing yourself because it is totally, totally worth it. Like it is incredible. The shifts that happen within you when you put yourself out there and when you share your vulnerability Mm. and I'm not even sure what the question was because I got lost in vulnerability. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know what the question was, but it's all good because it's just channeling and flowing through and I am just enjoying every second of this. So I am like on fire right now. Uh, (laughs) As am I. It's all welcome. I love it so much. I don't even remember what the question is, but so many important points. Oh gosh, I love you so much. I love you too. So so I'm curious, you know, going back to that moment in which you said, no, this is my line in the sand. Not everybody experiencing the, the, 
the darkness of substance abuse is able to say that no before they hit rock bottom. What what was that moment like and why I guess what was the 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 turning point? What brought yeah. the no? Like what the bring us to that moment if if you can, if you care to share and and share like what what was that split second? What was the trigger? So there's always a trigger, I believe. Like there's always a trigger mm-hmm. that makes us change our lives. Um, and in, in all forms, like not only substance abuse, but in all forms, motherhood was another trigger for me that helped me change my life and evolve even more, which we'll get to in a little bit, but really through the substance abuse, um, there was a trigger, right. And I really felt like that was my rock bottom. That Mm -hmm. was my bottom to say, okay, I am losing myself. Um, I started noticing myself doing things that I typically wouldn't do. I was stealing. I was cheating. I was manipulating all of my friends lying. I mean, I was doing things that um, weren't, I wasn't being conscious of, like, I was very, like I said, I was deceived within myself. I was manipulating myself as well as everyone around me. And I started noticing little things coming up to this moment. And then when the moment hit, it was like, just like a light that like a lightning strike that just hit me. A lightning bolt was just like, Whoa, no. And like, I looked at what I was about to do in the moment, which was a specific substance. And I was like, Nope, I am, you know, I'm out of here. I I don't want part in this anymore. And it was hard. Of course it was hard to walk away. And and like you said, a lot of people don't have that moment and they kind of spiral down till it's, you know, until it's in a space of heaviness to get out and they feel like they can't get out. Um, which at one point I did feel like I couldn't get out, but you know, for me, it was just that willpower of wanting to change my life. And mm-hmm. that's what helped me out. Now for people who, you know, do hit that rock bottom that they feel like they can't get out. Like there's always support around you. There's always help around you. Like, and I can't trust that enough because like, especially someone who's been through it, like I love to help people through that. And even though it's hard, like I, you know, that's not my client base. It's not what I do for work. It's what I do from the heart. Like, and all my work is from the heart, but really like getting out of an addiction and out of substance abuse is is so such a tricky process. And there is a process and everyone heals differently in this space. It's a very vulnerable space. And you kind of, there is a lot of guilt and shame that's held in the space because when you're on substance, you don't do things that your, your normal self would do. Mm-hmm. and you'll do anything to get that next fix and that next high. And, um, I just think it's important to, for people to know, like, you're not alone. Like the second you want to shift and you want to make that change, like you can, when you're, when you've had enough, you've had enough and everyone has a different shifting point, different trigger. But when you've had enough, you've had enough and, and you'll seek that, you know, you'll seek out that help. And if someone reaches their hand out, just really honestly take it as a sign take it as a sign that from your angels, from your guides, that is God sent, that is to help you out of this spiraling darkness that you may be sitting in. Um, and for mothers, like, I'm just going to hop back to that really quick, because that was another big trigger in my life that shifted me completely. Um, and that led me to the work that I do now. Um, but really mothers, like you're not alone either. And like, you don't got to do it all. Right. And I think that that is something that's huge and push so much, push, push so much in our society. Like, it's like, well, I'm a woman and I can do everything that a man can do and I can do it all by myself. And it's like, 
well, that's great. But like, you're eventually going to burn out. You know, you're eventually going to be completely (laughs) depleted. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's like, no, the point is we have each other because we don't have to do it alone. And that's the point. Like, even if you're a single mother, you don't have a partner, um, or if you're same sex um, mothers or fathers, like, you know, you don't have to do it alone. Mm -hmm. And even if you are single and you know what I mean? Like there's support around you, there's support groups, like utilize your resources, like connect with other people just so that you don't have to feel that type of loneliness, right? You don't have to step into it and freaking surrender, like surrender to the journey. And I don't say that lightly. I'm saying it like it's a hard thing to do. Like you think surrender. Okay, let go. It's easy. It's like, no, it Mm -hmm. is super deep. It is super hard, especially when you have an emotional attachment or some type of connection, like Mm -hmm. some type of attachment or expectation. It's Mm -hmm. so hard to surrender. But motherhood, oh, God, motherhood, you have to surrender. There (laughs) is no surrendering from pregnancy to birth to postpartum, Mm -hmm. to every moment after that, Mm -hmm. life becomes surrender in the present. And uh, that was a big shifting point for me as well. So I just want to make it clear that, you know, no matter what you're going through, you're really not alone. Like you're really not. And if you feel alone, like my inbox is open, like at all Mm -hmm. times, like 24 seven, please message me. Um, You know, I love to hear people's stories. I love building community. I love connecting. And you know, like I said, I'm an open book. So if you want to know something, you have a question or, you know, you just are seeking guidance in any form, like, please reach out. Like I'm, I'm here and so many other people are as well. And it's just a matter of opening up your eyes to them and opening up your heart to them. Wonderful. Beautiful as always. Yeah. Gosh, motherhood. What? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, pregnancy during COVID was a certain, was definitely initiation into surrender and, you know, learning to do things differently, not being able to bring my husband to our first ultrasound, not having him at appointments, you know, at a, for a certain time, not getting, not having a baby shower. I had gestational diabetes. So that was another thing I had to let go of. I was in a, not a very good situation in my workplace. And I experienced some I shouldn't say some like that belittled it pregnancy discrimination and retaliation as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's huge in surrender. And you've been even, even just today, I reached out to Megan because I, I have my biggest fear right now is in motherhood and this fear that Ezra will think I can leave him easily or that I've left him. Like, I'm so afraid of putting that abandonment on him. And he fell asleep in his crib for the first time last night. It wasn't intentional. It was just too light in our bedroom. And he stayed there until midnight and I did not hear him wake up right away. And today he didn't want to take a nap in the crib for the first half of the day. And I thought I ruined him. I, I was a wreck. And Megan says to me, you're going to traumatize him at one point. It's so true because like we have, you know, especially as conscious parenting and conscious mothers, like we have this like expectation of ourselves to like never put something on your child. I'm like, yeah, of course you don't want to put shit on your child, but like your child is going to get traumatized through life regardless. Like right. we have to, we're here to teach them how to move through that mm-hmm. and how to deal with their emotions and not to repress them and how to communicate through mm-hmm. them, express their truth. Like we're here to teach them all of those things. But as far as like experiences, like they got to experience stuff too. And like abandonment issues, like this is something that I had to really look at within myself. 
um, when I started feeling that. And I want you to know that we're as mothers, we all do feel that at one point, especially the transition to the crib, because now we're not in the same room and, you know, we do hear them crying or like, you know, especially as I get older, um, you know, you hear them crying, but it's like, they're like, they're fine. And they have to learn, right. They have to learn. So like, are are they going to feel a little bit abandoned? Maybe, but like, you know, that's why you go in and you say, I love you. Like I'm here, like, you know, reassure them that you're there for them, but they also need to learn on their own and develop their own senses and develop their own humanness, right? Because ultimately they can't be dependent on us forever. And I know like Ezra's a little young, so like there's no like- Megan, he's six months old. <laughs> yeah, like he's a little young, like, but I'm just saying in general, like we, when I started feeling that abandonment issue come up, I had to really look inside of myself and say, okay, where do I feel abandoned? Where do I feel that? Because it is a reflection of self, right? So like when we start to, feel things outside of ourselves, especially in our children. Like our children are, oh my God, they are the greatest reflection of us. Like, oh, they bring up so many shadows, but they also bring up so much light. They really do. They bring so much love to life, but they also bring up shadows like of the self where you have to like look at yourself and be like, whoa, like, whoa, I didn't even know that was sitting there. Like, you mm. know, so it's really about like utilizing every experience to say, okay, what is this teaching me? Where is this guiding me? What lesson is underlying this experience? Like, where is the root of this lesson? Right? Like there's all these questions that we could reflect on when we're having an experience, when we start to feel uh, upset or abandoned or hurt or angry, um, you know, frustrated. These are all things that we can start to look at within ourselves and children, man, they bring out everything in us. So, so we get to face it all and the shadows are real in, in, uh, you know, motherhood, but it is such a blessing as we know, like it is incredible witnessing a human, uh, you know, a little soul just grow and knowing that they're an extension of you and you were the vessel that they chose to birth them into this world is an absolutely like admirable feeling. I can't even put it into words because it is amazing. Like it's beyond this world. And that's why I say it's like the magic of life, magic of birth. Like it is freaking magical. Like the fact that the feminine body can do the female body is just incredible in general. Like, Mm -hmm. and like males, I am not putting you down. Like, yes, we do need something from you to create. Like (laughs) this is a sacred union. Like, yes, it is a sacred union. Absolutely. And like when you're consciously creating, it's especially intentional and sacred, but like, damn, like we literally nurture create nurture like nourish and then even when they come out we're still nourishing them mm-hmm. from our body like our body knows what to do in every moment and that is just so freaking powerful like mm-hmm. we are the closest thing to source energy that there is honestly so it, it's just incredible yeah I, I i caught myself saying that today when i was in self-doubt i thought i as i was feet nursing ezra i was like wait a second i I'm given, I gave him life. My body create, I mean, my body did its thing. It created mm-hmm. him and he's growing. He's thriving mm-hmm. from me. Like how, how can I, how can I even think for a moment that anything that comes from me is any less miraculous? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So beautiful. Like how can I think that I'm unworthy when I've been like, when I created this human, he's adorable and brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's so true. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my goodness. Megan, this has been such an awesome conversation. I've had so much fun. <laughs> I'm curious to know you, you had kind of put a little bit of a teaser in there about your em- embodied, oh, embodied energetics course. What else do you have ahead for you? Yes. Yeah, so, um, I was accepting one-to-one clients, uh, for the month of April and, and come May, I decided to, um, end that for a time being, it will be coming back come August. I will be opening up one-to-one spots for my coaching container, which is really all about creating your business, setting up the foundations of your business, energy alignment, where I'm moving through the shadows mm-hmm. and really whatever, you know, it's like spiritual life coaching, but also spiritual business coaching in my one-to-one container. And the group program that I'm currently launching is launching in mid-June or it's starting in mid-June. It is called Embodied Energetics, and it is a program where you learn to become the facilitator of your own healing. This is a program where you get to move through generational patterns and cycles that may have been limiting you. This is, you know, for the woman who ultimately is just awakening to her spirituality and wants to dive deeper into energy work and understanding how the energetic body and the physical body and the nervous system are all connected in so many ways. This is for maybe the coach who has yet to dive into energy work and is really just focused on life coaching, but wants to bring energy therapy into their practice and into their own life, because it really does help us evolve as coaches as women, as mothers, like it helps us evolve, um, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, understanding our energetics and how to work with them is so powerful um, for our business and for our clients, like to offer something new. So this is also for a woman who maybe is involved in yoga. Um, Yoga has been a practice to me that has again, has shifted my life in many ways. And it's not just the asana practice or the physical practice that has helped my life, but all of the other depth of yoga, like that no one really talks about all the, you know, breath work and the presence and the lifestyle that it brings, um, really diving deep into that. But any yoga teachers or yoga students who, again, want to bring that energy work into their practice or teachings, It's really about diving deep into your own healing so that it reflects in your aura and it reflects in your business and it reflects in your life that really helps, you know, you thrive and you evolve into a new self. And I think that healing generational patterning is huge because I think that no matter who we are, it comes up for everyone, whether you know you have the trauma or not, um, is just another whole, whole ball game, but like, whether you know it or not, it's there. And, you know, we have to move through it. And like you said, the work is just never done. It's never done. So this program is really just diving in, diving into the seven main chakras, how to understand them, what emotions relate to each one, how to understand blockages in the body and what to do when you find them there, how to move through specific limitations or blockages that may be in your life and really just taking your power back. Because the second that we say we are self-healing, And we put the facilitator on us rather than looking outside of ourselves to a Reiki practitioner or to someone else in the channeling field. Like when we start to understand ourselves deeper and discover more about ourselves, that's when we really open up and take our power back into Mm -hmm. our bodies. Um, So it's really about utilizing the senses and expression as well uh, and embodying them 
and understanding how to embody your energy. And so that's why it's called embodied energetics, because it's really about embodiment. Like we're here to get inside our bodies, like God, get inside your body. And how we do that is through the senses, through expression, through movement. These are things that we can get inside the body. So I really dive deep into all of this in this program. It is going to be so amazing. I am only welcoming in 10 women this round. So if anyone is interested that is listening on here, please, um, you know, I'm sure um, my my Instagram will be linked. If it's not, it's at Collective Reflections and find me, follow me and go to my link tree and apply for it. Again, there's only 10 women. So uh, for this round, there will be another round as well. Uh, but this round is super special because it is the first signature round that this program is running. Um, so yeah, thank you for asking about that. Oh, of course. And I, you, you took the next question right out of my mouth. It was where can people find you? So that was excellent. Awesome. Yes, yes. As you were talking and you were saying, you know, getting back into the body, I had a vision of uh, Ezzy and, you know, him learning how his body operates. And I joke around, I don't know if you've seen that, that new movie on Disney plus soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and I always, I, I talk for Ezzy, of course, cause I think most parents do. And I was like, man, nobody gave me, what did I say when he was flapping around? And I said, nobody gave me a guide bo- book for how to operate this meat <laughs> suit. <you know? laughs> and it's so true. I mean, they spend, you spend your first half, you know, first moments of your life trying to figure out how to get into your body. Mm-hmm. And then once the this, this societal, like we were second, full circle, of course, once yeah. societal structures and the shoulds enter our subconscious and we start operating out of those, we find that we are seeking ways to get out of the body instead. Um, and really once you're awakened, it's a, it's a process of coming back into your meat suit. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And like, you know, at first my spiritual awakening was all about like transcending, like going up into the ethers and messing mm-hmm. around in, in spirit realm. Mm-hmm. But it's like, wait, no, like I'm a human, like we're, I'm meant to be on the earth and grounded and yeah. getting into this body and utilizing it in a way that is going to shift the collective, right? Because yes, energy work is so powerful and uh, spirit work is so powerful and being in the ethers, ethers is great, but if you can't root it down and ground it down, mm-hmm. then being in the ethers doesn't do the world any good or your actual physical life any good, right? It's like a manifestation. When we, when we think of something that we desire, or we start to feel something that we desire, and we really want it. We really want it. And we really want it, but it's only staying in the head and we don't know how to bring it through the body and ground down in it and create it on the earth that's when the manifestation manifestation cuts off. And that's why it's like, well, manifesting doesn't work. What I'm going to think about it. And it's going to appear. No, you're not going to think about it. And it's going to appear. You have to bring it into the body. You have to move it through the body to get to the root center, which is the chakra of manifestation. Like you got to bring it down, you know? <laughs> so it's really, or creation or sacral chakra where you create, right? Like you have to bring it fully through the body in order to uh, bring it to reality in this realm. So like, it's so important to get into your body. Embodiment is huge. Yes. Uh, amazing. I can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom, your story, your medicine with, with the listeners and with the world, because even though we have the listeners here, it just ripples out into, into the world. So thank you for being here, being present and being you. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. And I'm just so grateful to be in this space and to be doing the soul work, because like you said, it's a ripple effect and 
just grateful to be touching lives of many. 